A reading from 1 Thessalonians, beginning at the fifth chapter. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say, there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then, let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other, as indeed you are doing. So my name is Dan Rift. I work with um, our church, the big church, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. That's like 9,000 plus congregations in the United States and in U.S. territories who are gathering together just as you are during the course of this weekend have activities and programs that they do all week long. We are part of a larger family of Lutheran churches around the world in more than, uh, in almost 100 countries. There are about 85 or so million Lutherans around the world. So we are a much bigger family than one might think if they just walked into the door, even uh, of a congregation as vibrant as Good Shepherd. We are, there are more Lutherans in Ethiopia than there are in the United States. There are more in Tanzania, in Africa, than there are in the United States. There are more in Indonesia, in South Asia, than there are in the United States, even though we don't think of Indonesia as a Christian nation. So we are really a mighty family around the world, and we are gathered together in our common confession, in our common belief of the grace of God, our common understanding that God is a God of love. Not, not like that person that I just read about in this passage, but a God of love. And we are gathered together in faith and we are gathered together in our life of service to neighbors. Not, not just Lutherans, not just Christians, but our neighbors, especially those who are challenged to be able to feed themselves or feed their family or find hope or possibility for the future. And that's the area where I work. And that's partly why I'm here at Good Shepherd, because you have, across the decades of your life, really set a course of not only gratitude for what you have, but generosity in the way that you share it with others. C commitment to this, co to this community to, to help your neighbors who are challenged in the midst of their lives and a way in which you come to service, but also you instill a sense of hope. Our first passage today is written 
by the uh, letter written by the Apostle Paul. It's from the very end of that letter. It's to the Thessalonian church or those in Thessalonica in Greece. It actually is one of my favorite letters in uh, the epistles, in the letters that come towards the end of the New Testament. Um, Last week, Pastor Josh said that he had been at a gathering of Lutheran pastors or rostered leaders in this area, and the bishop in this area, Bishop Candia, had asked the question, what do you see as being the purpose for the church or the church's work? For me, I think it ties to this very last sentence that we heard in the book of Thessalonians. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. We are a community of people who encourage one another, not only those who are here, but in fact, um, we are an encouraging influence in all that we know. And a question that I truly ask myself on a regular basis is, how can I build up this opportunity or this person or what's happening here? And at the end of the day, have I been able to encourage somebody else? And the reality is when I'm able to encourage somebody else, I'm encouraged in my own life. Now, if you think that this is not so unusual, I really want to invite you to go look at your social media feed or listen to the news on any given day We are not a society of encouragement. We are not a society that builds one another up. We are in a moment in which division seems to be rampant. And if you don't believe me, look at the traffic as you leave here today and see who it is that's encouraging you or building you up on the road. I have to say, traffic and road is such a good test of our own uh, way that we live out our spirituality. But we, start our, but we started today with confession, right, Pastor? We started today with confession. So um, uh, uh, that's my confession. At the beginning of this letter, the Apostle Paul says to the church in Thessalonians, grace and peace to you. We always give thanks to you and mention you our prayer, constantly remembering before God and Father the works of faith, the labor of love, and the steadfast hope. And so I just want to start. If you don't remember anything else I've said today, I want you to remember two words. Thank you. Thank you for the ways that you are a people of faith here. Thank you for the ways that you love people in this community and broader than this community, that you are so important as a vital part of this family uh, that we share around the world. And when places around the world are challenged, when places in this country experience disasters, when uh, churches here have opportunity to help their own neighbors, you stand together with them. And that's what we do together in Common Mission. And thank you especially for the ways that you are a people of hope in an age in which it's easy for us to give up a sense of hope. This is a moment in the life of this congregation when you are celebrating several things. And one is the opportunity every year there's this kind of good gifts piece where uh, people take these catalogs or they take little uh, hanging tags that are out there or uh, go online and they give a gift that can be then used 
around the world or around this country for a person who is, in cha who is challenged. Often, we really, when we ask the question, do I have what I need to get through this week? Do I have what I need? Not, not necessarily what I want, but what I need. We'll say yes. Or I know how to find it, or I know how to get it. We are a blessed people. And that's not necessarily true for everybody around this country and around the world. And the church is a vital way, a vital place to make that difference. You know, uh, you can choose different items in this catalog, uh, and then you can dedicate it to somebody else that you know. Um, so let me just give you a couple examples. Many of our items in this catalog are around agriculture because our work in rural communities around the world is so critical, and it makes a demonstrable difference in the direction that people's lives are going because people dedicate these gifts. $30 for a piglet. People love piglets. They're so cute. When they grow up, not so much. Piglets are really important, though, in many places. In Haiti, the poorest nation in this hemisphere, we are, Lutherans are known as the pig people. Why? Because there was a terrible disease that wiped out most of the pig stocks, and it was the Lutherans who came to restore those with disease-resistant pigs. When someone gets a pig, it's $30 is about what it costs. They get a bag of grain, they get, and a veterinary, veterinarian comes and tra trains them and checks out the pig, and then usually it's Kids that are 11, 12, or 13 are responsible for tending the pigs after school or before they go to school, and they have to join a pig club, which means every once in a while you have to bring your pig on a leash to the pig club, and the vet uh, sees the pig, and when your pig is about ready to have offsprings, they have large litters, you have a responsibility of returning at least two of those piglets so that it can be shared with somebody else, or if you end up selling your pig, then a portion of that has to come back so that we can continue to expand out the program. So not only is a pig a pig, a pig it creates the possibility for income for the family. There's a little song that the kids sing about how pig is our health care, pigs are our school fees, pigs are our lifeline to the future. So this is an important piece of a way that some of the poorest people on this hemisphere are able to find a change of life direction for their own, for their, they and their family. And it's a way the community comes together to build one another up in responsibility to one another, but in hope and in, in possibility for the future. $50 for a goat. Goats in many parts of the world become the social security uh, for places where there is no such thing as social security. So people will save goats, will tend to goats in their older age so that they are able to afford to be able to continue to live. My favorite goat story, place where I've seen goat work is in Malawi, which is a country, a small finger-shaped country that's in Africa. And it's one of, it's a quite uh, challenged place economically. Um, and uh, the, the church, the Lutheran church in Malawi got hold of the Lutheran church in South Africa and they took the scrawny goats of Malawi and they crossbred them with the uh, goats in South Africa and turned out a goat that's about two and a half times the body mass of the traditional scrawny goats in Malawi. I'd like to call them the Lutheran super goats of Malawi. 
but it can change people's lives. It becomes the way in which people can afford to take their kids to the clinic, can afford to send their kids to school with school fees, can afford to have a future, a possibility for a house where they can stay safe. You know, on the top end of the scale is $500 for a cow. In West Africa, we've been able to crossbreed the native, the typical uh, cattle stock with others and um, to introduce drought resistant uh, crops so that cattle have moved from one or one and a half liters of milk a day to eight or 10 liters of milk a day. And that's doubly important because while the cow belongs to the men, the milk belongs to the women, which means when you take the milk to market, the control of those resources is in the hands of mothers to care for their children, to take care of the household, to bring forward the expansion of the possibility for the future. So, and I can go on, believe me, I can go on. There are so many different ways that you have been a blessing to this world. Um, And it's not only about livestock. It's also about helping with wells or other water sources. It's also about helping with things like so, like uh, smokeless cook stoves in places where people, by the time that they're in their 50s, end up with op- because of open fire cooking with uh, terrible lung problems. It changes the trajectory of people's lives through the generosity that you share. Pastor Josh last week said, our world today is not always as God intended it to be. Do you you all, I don't know how many of you were here last week and might remember this, or those who were online. The world is not always the way we God would intend it to be. We see poverty, hate, war, oppression, and when you see these injustices in the world, what happens inside your heart? Beyond feeling helpless, however, he said, the truth is that on our own there is very little that I can do to make a difference in the face of these injustices. But together, as a church, as God's people, we can make a significant difference. And I want to say, as much as that's true, if we are missing you in this common venture we are missing the significant difference that we can do together. The Apostle Paul said, encourage one another, build one another up. Jesus told this odd story about this terrible, terrible landowner uh, and rich uh, man who was a tyrant who had given and entrusted an astounding amount of sum to people who were so fearful of what might happen if they didn't satisfy him. Ours is a God of love. Ours is a God who has blessed you with talents, with abilities, with responsibilities and opportunities. And how much more is that affirmed by God in the ways that you turn that around into sharing with others? And it's an amazing reality. Even as we seek to build others up, we find ourselves built up as well. Amen.